Hello world, this is the Brother to Brother Show. I'm your host, K-Mo. Thank you for taking this journey with us with real men, real problems, real solutions. Let's go. All right, all right. Good evening, everyone. Um, this is the Brother to Brother Show. Um, I have two of my uh, co-hosts here today, and they're going to talk about a really... Uh, Hot topic. Um, we want to co- we want to cover fathers, and so the biggest question today is, and we're going to come from different perspectives. Is what do we learn from our fathers? Um. So I have Casey Casey here today, and then also have uh, Rio, and so I'm going to ask the question, and we're going to go around and have some um, real authentic conversation around this because. We know there are a lot of young men out there that may not have their fathers. We're going to, we're going to hear different perspectives today about what that looks like and what we learn from them. So please, 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 please pay attention to this this podcast. It's very important. So, um, KC, you want to start us off? Um, yeah. So it's what what did I learn from my father? Uh, I actually learned a lot about what not to do. My father was a very very smart, smart man, very engaging and had a lot of potential. He he was one of these cats came out of high school. Everyone used to call him Smart Ricky and all this stuff. Um, and then he had he went to Vietnam War and came back on drugs. And that was kind of the spiral that um, sent his life downward. The thing that lessons I've taken from my father's life is um, I don't do drugs. I've never done a drug, I've never smoked pot, and I've had this probably unhealthy fear of it, which is why I've never done it, uh, because I, I would think that I would turn out like my dad. Um, it, it also, my relationship with my dad is one of, it matured much later, so my dad and I became much closer um, when he was later on in age, and I was in my 40s. And um, it really showed me adults are just living life. And, you know, stuff happens in life and you have an opportunity to make the right decision or the wrong decision. And it's usually never with malice or, or neglectful intent. It's usually a decision, someone makes the right decision and they're great, or someone makes the wrong decision and they have to live with the consequences. Um, I remember when my dad got his life together or supposedly gotten his life together and my brother and I were in high school and he was going to move to Oakland, California because he wanted to start a nonprofit to help against gang violence. This was in 1980, maybe 81, 82. And he gave my brother and I a choice. You guys can move with me to Oakland or you can stay in North Carolina with your grandmother. That was a pivotal choice in our lives because had we moved to Oakland, our lives would have been completely different. But instead, we stayed in North Carolina with our grandmother in a in a situation that was more comfortable to us and more familiar. And it changed the trajectory of our lives. Our dad subsequently went out to Oakland, started a nonprofit. Um, for um, counseling drug users 
and began using again. So it was just um, for him, he had good intentions in going out there, but uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ultimately it, it let him, it led him down a dark and, and, and wrong path. So, you know, a lot of the lessons I've, I've learned from my dad are what not to do. And also that, you know what, we're just human and we make, sometimes we make messed up decisions. So that's it. That was real deep, man. I didn't even know that. Um, I'm going to probably take a twist to this and, and t- take a stab at it. And, uh, you know, we, we really kind of just looked at some of our topics and said, this is the one we're going to go with. And we both kind of had a blank stare because we all, we all understand like this is real and a lot of real for a lot of men. And also goes into our, our other lives. And that's the one of the reasons why we do have the brother to brother show. So one of the things that you spoke of, you said, you know, what not to do. And that's, that's what I wrote down when I was really thinking and contemplating what I was going to say, because it was, it's a hot topic that I would love to discuss and have our listeners um, kind of really uh, take a take a step back and, and think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but even for myself, you know, what did I what did I learn? And I and I learned what not to do. And so I'm not here to to bash my father. Um, I think we had we established more of a relationship once I got a little bit older um, in high school, and um, he was dealing a lot with my oldest oldest half brother and my other brother uh, with their situations. And my mom kind of took that lead and was the mom and the dad a lot of the times. And I didn't see it being too much of a difference because most of my friends had single parents. Mm -hmm. They were single parents. You know, most people just had their mom. So it wasn't like it was anything that was too different until my mom said one thing. And um, that was to, um, put me in or, uh, programs, put me in different organizations that had other men that now to this day I can look look at who are my mentors. Uh, so my father's um, presence in my life was more so um, not necessarily a bad thing uh, because, like you said before, our parents were given they were they were given the resources. And then from those resources, those resources then came to us. And so um, I would say he always told me to be a man of my word. Right. He said that if you say you're going to do something, you you better be a, you better be able to do it. And so um, yeah. you're thinking about positive things, um, making sure that I was on the right track, make sure I work hard. Um, and then, you know. Honestly, we had a lot of talks about women <laughs> and um, I looked at what he did. I looked at what uh, what I didn't want to do. And I looked at what my mom was doing. And I told myself um, that not necessarily that's not a man I wanted to be, this is man I wanted to be, but more so I knew what type of man I wanted to be. Right. And that created something in my life that um, allowed me to look at men um, who had some of the things in which I w- was, was really seeking. Cause I know a lot of fathers out there, uh, you know, nobody's, nobody's perfect. You know, and, and I think that we are, we are who we are based off of those situations. So um, I never, I never, I think at this point in my life, it's, it's, it's strength with an understanding about who we are and why we were able to kind of like accomplish what we've accomplished thus far. And it's, it's really deep. Like when you really think about it, like 
because I, I have no ill. We could talk about fathers all day, but I care about him as an individual. And I understand the plight that he was able to like my mother and and and, and my father during their times growing up. They had a lot of shit they had to go through. They grew up in the civil rights movement. Yeah. That's something we could not even imagine going through. Right. And so I think whatever that came from, like you said, Vietnam, like mm-hmm. those guys that came back, they were fucked up. Oh, yeah. And they came back to a to a messed up environment. Yeah. I mean, do you think that the relationship that you had with your father and, and seeing how he treated women affects how you treat women? I mean, I think like, uh, I mean, uh, it's real here. I think uh, for me, uh, it absolutely had an impact. Um, you know, I think for me, I, similar to what you guys said, is I, we all, it's so, so interesting listening to it because we all have our, we have our fathers that were in our lives, but they weren't in our lives. So our fathers were identified our fathers were present in our lives, but they weren't there. Um, and I remember, you know, a lot of lessons my father told me. So how I view my my relationship with my father is I had uh, four levels. So there's a as a as a kid, as a boy, young boy, you know, there are certain things my father kind of taught me, and a lot of it was around what a man is. So like being a man. And particular being an alpha man, and he talked about the history of our the men in our family uh, being alpha men and what roles that we always played, and and it was always always from sort of like a um, like a macho kind of a uh, kind of a presence. It's mm-hmm. like you know when we walk into a room, you know it's like a you know it's a Hawkins man. Like you know you know, and you ask each generation, and they each have their stories about the men in our family, like in, mm-hmm. in particular women. Uh, but, you know, there was something that he held tight to. Like he held that very close, like mm-hmm. being sort of like a, a badge of honor. And I can just remember he and uh, Kamo's dad and just having these conversations, being a little kid around him and seeing how they interacted with one another. And it was just so much machismo. It was like, Macho man. It was a lot of manly (laughs) stuff talking about, right? And it was, and um, you know, he, but the one thing that he definitely said is, you know, for me, and he would play, he would, he would talk very tough for me. He'd say, like, you know, I love you to death. Um, and I tell you I love you because, you know, his father never ever told him that he loved him. Mm. And so he wanted to make sure that I heard it. And but he'd say, but the day that you use drugs, I'll cut you off. And it was really like as a little kid, he used to come in as a kid. As a little kid, it was very impactful for me because I I couldn't imagine like a parent just cutting you off. And I'm a kid, so all I think about is so if I'm a kid, I do drugs, then my parents don't have anything to do with me. But I, for him, it was a fear because it was doing sort of the crack cocaine drug epidemic and that was a huge fear mm-hmm. and they were they were not kids but they were young people that were getting strung out on drugs right. um and i think you know so as a boy he kind of taught me 
how to kind of hold yourself in high esteem, how to be sort of an alpha person. And he used to always tell me and put, you know, which is unfair, but he would put the responsibility for me to be the man in the family. And he wasn't with my mom, but, you know, I I remember very clearly he told me like, hey, you know, me and your mom was going to work out. You know, I intentionally put you in my and your mom because if she wasn't, if she and I weren't going to work out, then I wanted to put something in somebody in her life that would be there forever, you know, and love her forever the way she wanted to be loved. That sounds great, but that's a lot of pressure to put yeah. on a kid. Yeah. And so I've always kind of like felt that not pressure, but I felt that responsibility uh, to be the man and take care of my mom. Which sucks if you're a stepdad coming into a situation <laughs> and a little six-year-old kid or seven-year-old kid thinks that he's the man of the house. Right. right. And uh, and so that created, I, I now see, like it created a dynamic between my stepfather and I. But so, you know, his view on like life and women at that time, you know, I used to be in the house. I didn't know it at the time of a girlfriend. He was married. I didn't know. I was I was a little kid. I just thought, oh, it's my dad's friend. I didn't get to spend a lot of time with my dad. So when we were together, I went with him to do his rounds. And that was his rounds <laughs> with women. Like later I found out that was his rounds with women. With wow. multiple, like one morning we'll be with one. He'll take a nap. I'll watch TV. We eat and we go out, we hang or go see family, then we go to the someone else at night. And then we end it all back home with his wife. And I, it never dawned on me that these people were in a relationship with my father wow. until I was able to be a young man. And then I started to see, and this is where I think he started to really impact me for women, relationships with women, because I saw, I saw his actions with women and how women loved him. So like he was, he's very, very charismatic. You guys have both met my father. Yeah. You know, he loved women. And he loves to be in the thick of it. And I think that has rough, but that's how all of the men, that's how they are. And so we picked up like that, like where we love women and it could be good and it could be really, really bad. Um, And so I started to think when I was a young man, like, listen, I have very, very strict rules about type of woman I'm going to mess with, right? She had to look a certain way. She had to be clean, kept kept together. That's all from my father. And I, I'm a, I'm gonna piggyback on that because I can. Yes, uh, I've definitely experienced that. So I think you had more relationship with your dad than I did. But being around him and being around your dad, like it's so crazy how I wasn't around him, but I kind of picked that up. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just the fact that well they have to look and they have to be, they have to, all this other stuff, but it's just a level of like. I'm not taking this shit. Because mm-hmm. I know your dad, like, he's sensitive. I know he's sensitive, but like you said, when he walks in the, in the room, even my dad, I'm like, mm-hmm. he ain't putting up with that. And so I think that they've gotten softer as they've gotten older, which I think most people are like that, you know. But like in their prime, in their 30s, in their 40s, shit, in their 50s and 60s, even 60s, I would say, <laughs> man, like, I, I learned, uh, like, I, I listened to my dad and with charismatic, uh, uh, he talked and you you just listened. Mm-hmm. My dad was the same. I mean, you just talk and you just listen. you like, 
uh, this sounds like some. Let's. I, I need to really listen to this. You just want to believe. Yeah. It. Yeah. Sounds real. It sounds so real, and so I say that because uh, I really learned how to like through those moments as a teenager. Um, it's like a sense of being proud. Uh, and, it, and to me, it wasn't even that much of arrogance. I wouldn't even say it was arrogance. I just felt like he was really just a macho, macho man. And it made me made me want to almost have that sense of manhood. And I believe I picked that piece up. But the ones that I did not try to pick up is the, you know, the sense of having multiple women. And and I think what happened was for them, which was going to be on other podcasts, is they were they were affected by. It's hard for you to like be in your emotions. That same guy, that same macho man can never show his emotions. That same macho man, which we see now as they've gotten older, is. You know, it's OK to 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 to, to bring that down a little bit. Right. It's OK to have that sensitive side. It's OK to and still be a man. And I think that's the piece that I never wanted to to be because I think they continued on longer than they should have because they try to keep that up. Yeah, I remember uh, to Casey's point earlier, you know, uh, when I became a man, um, the one thing I learned, I think, uh, from my father indirectly uh, was his perspective. You know, like when I was growing up, uh, I had my selfish perspective as a child and that constant desire and want to be with my father, around my father. I used to wonder what he was doing, you know, when years would pass and I wouldn't talk to him or see him. Um, and just that desire, especially when I started to become a young man, like that was a, I, ha- I used to have a heavy desire. And uh, not being able to be with him and see him, I, I only knew my perspective. And it was a sense of abandonment. When I think about it as an adult, it's like I felt abandoned, you know, by him. And, uh, you know, I remember having a conversation with him much later on when I was an adult and like, him apologizing because, you know, of that. Because that's what it was for me, you know, and... Um, but there were things that were going on between he, my mom, my mom had got remarried, right? I mean, I have a strong, I had a strong grandmother, as we all did, and my grandma, my mother's um, mother and grandmother, well, my dad used to be a uh, professional boxer, what, and, and my they did not want my mother to be with someone, and he was a head case, right? He didn't want nobody looking at her, talking to her. My mom was young and. It was just, he was a lot. And so they didn't want them together. And just like knowing that, they always had that struggle. But when my mom remarried, I mean, he made a pact with my stepfather uh, that he would take step back. But he really stepped back. Right, right. And, but he apologized to me for really stepping back that much. Way but back. Way back. Right, yeah. But I think a part of that is fear, ego, yeah. right? Like that forced him to step way back yeah. because my stuff that did not make him step way back. He right. stepped way back, right? Um, and thank God for me having a stepfather, being able to see another perspective of a man. Mm-hmm. Even if I didn't 
I couldn't see it when I was younger because yeah. all I saw is that he wasn't my dad, my father. Um, as an adult, I clearly see, you know, I clearly see it. And so I have a lot of respect for him and the choices that he made. Um, but I think that was the biggest thing I learned as an adult is the humility of a man, you know, the importance of uh, commitment. Yeah. But then also that they're just human beings that make mistakes just like we are. Mm-hmm. And it really, really prepared me for fatherhood because it was the one thing that I didn't want to repeat. Right. You know, like the one thing I didn't want to repeat uh, was not being there for my son, mm-hmm. but then also not being there for my family. And I try really, really hard to keep that together. Um, and I tell my son I love him all the time and, and I show him affection. Uh, because I think it's so important that kids, especially young males, especially uh, males of color, uh, have that feeling, mm-hmm. like that that desire. And so I don't know if you guys kind of agree with that, is because that's something that I think as a culture in our generation we've missed because yeah. the band weren't there, and so we miss that. You can see it play itself out and how violent we are with one another and mm-hmm. how yeah. we are. You know, uh, we treat our, our, you know, our queens and our mm-hmm. women and how we treat ourselves, how we don't care about it. Those are all pains that we, we bury deep inside. And that's what I want to touch on, like, as we move into the next section, next uh, uh, question, right? Um, we wanted to put out there from everybody's perspective, of, and I'm sure that our listeners have had, either can relate to this in some, in some manner, even if you didn't have your father around, um, what we really want to take from this and my question uh, as we lead into it is a lot of our parents, not just, not just fathers, but especially the men had so much burden on them as children. And you, you can hear from what we said our fathers were. We can imagine what they themselves could say about their fathers, which our grandfathers and what they saw and how they had to take that burden and then them not being around for us. Because I feel like our grandfathers were around a little bit more because that was what we had during the civil rights movement where they had to be around. Like we were more of unit unity, a more of a unit. Now be, at next generation, which would have been our fathers, drugs, women, society, life took them out of our community um, a little bit more. Our generation, as we're looking at our kids, I don't have any children, but the men here do. Now, from what we've talked about, what do you feel like? I know Mar- or, or Rio, you spoke about it briefly, but what now do you feel like is our duty as men, as fathers, to then be able to teach the next generation? Um, well, th- this is KC, and one thing I, I am steadfast on is no matter what, I want to be there. And being being there doesn't always mean that I'm doing the right thing or I'm saying the right thing, but I just want to be there for, for my kids. Um, you know, my dad, he didn't grow up with his father. He he ended up being a product of, of foster care. And, you know, the, the people that I know as my grandmother and my grandfather you know, they were his foster parents. Mm-hmm. They, they were in his life for a significant amount of time. But, you know, he was dealing with issues of he found his mother and he went to go see his 
his birth mother, and she basically said, I don't have any kids, because she had moved um, to a, a rich neighborhood, married a guy who was a doctor, and was trying to basically get rid of that part of her life. And he showed up at her door, and she looked him in the face and said, I don't have a son named Richard. And so that scarred him in a way that you would think he would say, I don't want to do that to my kids. Right. But it, it really made him very adverse to commitment. It made him not really have believe in people and, and think people are, are, are on his side, which led to his womanizing, which led, I mean, womanizing combined with drug use, that's, that's a bad, bad combination. And so, you know, he was, you know, he, he was somebody who had good intentions, maybe, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, not being there, even when he was there, he, he really wasn't. So I, I hear I hear that in, in all of us. Right. None of us are saying that we hate our fathers. None of us are saying mm -hmm. we don't like our fathers. What do you feel like? What was it? Because you hear a lot of your our friends right. then say, you know, they may have. Uh, mama issue, daddy issues. Why then do you feel like you have a sense of um, taking ta taking what you saw and then making that better within your own personal lives? I mean, I think for uh, for me, um, this is KC again. We really, um, my brother and I, we really went back to our in our past and un uncovered some of those family secrets. You know. How'd you go about doing that, though? Um, so my mother died when I my biological mom died when I was ten, and we went back and we found out how like what really happened. Right. Um, once we found out what the truth was, we understood how right. that affected my father. Right. Um, and so there, then there was no blame game. You understand now why he was who he, he was, was blaming himself. Right. But I'm just saying, you and your brother now right. could not really, you know. Uh, pick or you know um basically blame your father for who he was yeah i mean we never we didn't blame him when we had the first story okay but the second story was even worse right and then we realized oh he's carrying a bunch of stuff right that you know how do you do that how do mm -hmm. you carry that and try to take care of kids you can't and struggle with drug addiction right and you have the mother of your children their family hates you mm. So how do you how do you deal with all of that? And so, you know, we we realized that he he did what he thought was the best, right? Which was, hey, I'm gonna take these hit, this heat off my kids. I'm gonna move out here, get myself together, and when I come back, I can get my boys, right? And it was just, you know, for him it wasn't for him he might he might have thought it was the right thing, but for us it wasn't. But we. We adapted and we we figured out how to get along without them. And so your lesson, your the lesson that you learned and you were able to teach now your kids or other mm -hmm. people, other men, is what? It's just be there. You're gonna make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Um presence. Be consistent in your kids' life, period. Mm -hmm. Fight. I mean, you should fight like crazy to stay in your mm -hmm. kids' life. I mean, I've been through divorce, I've mm -hmm. you know. I've been in situations where somebody tried to tell me I can only see my kids on X number of days, whatever. But my kids know how to reach me, where I am, and I stay in their life. I go to every and any function they had at school. I was, that, I was like hyper super dad. 
if they had a spelling bee, I was in the front row. And I also think like the I I completely agree with that, and it's real. But uh, you know, I always say like um, sacrifice. You know, like if I think if a parent isn't sacrificing for their kids and they're not parenting, I mean, I think you know that's the greatest thing in this world is to sacrifice and you know to be unselfish in your love. And so I try to be present. I try to be you know, aware of what my, what is happening in my son's life. But at the end of the day, I also make great sacrifices. Okay. Make, make great sacrifices to make sure that he is safe, that he is healthy, that he is loved. And, you know, and that his life is a life that, you know, um, I'm being impactful, mm-hmm. right. So that he's creating, being able to create his own memories and those memories are, positives that will make him a great human being. So uh, I think that sacrifice is super duper important. And I think that the definition of fatherhood has changed. Mm -hmm. So I'm very, very sort of, um, you know, forgiving of my father, my grandfather, and whatever has happened, you know, in the lineage of, you know, the men in our family, I understood that what they had in front of them and what they were taught. And so we're all out here doing like the best that we can. Mm-hmm. And But I think it's imperative that we continuously improve, you know. And so I think that that's super duper important. But I learned all those lessons indirectly from my father, mm-hmm. right? you know, getting us back to sort of, you know, what the topic is. Every most Mostly everything was indirect. And it was like looking and, and making my own decision and you know being cognizant of my actions and being responsible you know for my action and identifying patterns right that might link back to um that were negative patterns that might link back you know to my bloodline um i think it's helped me be a better you know person a better husband and better father um so i'm very grateful for my dad you know for what he is done and not done because it, it definitely has shaped the man that I am, you know, today. So, um, men, I, I re- that was really good. I really, um, enjoyed our, our podcast today. I really want us to make sure that our listeners understand, um, as, as I debrief on, uh, what we talked about to, to this tonight, consistency guys, please make sure you're there. Right. Um, being your being your your son's lives, being your daughter's lives, being your family's lives, it's important. Um, consistency, and the last thing is forgiveness. We gotta let a lot of stuff go. Um, I've had a little a lot of stuff go. Uh, one of the things I try to live my life by is forgiving those around us, because if we can't forgive, we can't move on. So please make sure those two things: consistency and forgiveness. Please know we love you, work with us, be with us, and know we're coming from the heart. This is the Brother to Brother Show.